Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, my dear listeners, where we interview my friend Stephen Boyer and talk about Camp Fi and steps for anyone to start their financial journey. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen, and with me, as always, is my could be Fi but loves the grind co host, Scott Trench. Thanks, Mindy. Great to be here with my loves the camp fire. <laughs> in a literal and metaphorical sense, uh, co-host Mindy Jensen. I do. Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else, to introduce you to every money story because we truly believe that financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you are starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big-time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business, or just get a chance to connect in person with other like-minded folks pursuing financial independence or who might already be there, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards your dreams. Scott, instead of a money moment today... I am going to tell our listeners about a super cool event that Bigger Pockets is doing. It's called the Virtual Summit. You can join Dave Meyer and other real estate experts in a brand new virtual summit from December 11th through the 14th, 2023, and get prepared to be successful in 2024. This four-day summit is exclusive for our pro members with some access for our free members. Visit biggerpockets.com slash virtual summit to get all the details on how to access this exclusive event and register to get ready for next year. So we're about to talk uh, with with uh, Stephen Boyer from Camp Fi. Mindy and I have both attended the events in the past, uh, and we kind of gush about how much we appreciated Camp Fi. And we just wanted to make sure that ahead of that, you guys knew this is not an endorsement, uh, a paid endorsement for Camp Fi. It's just a genuine, we like the event. We've been in the past. We've made some friends there and had a great time. And this is our experience. I uh, hope you enjoy the show and you know consider attending a, a local meetup or Camp Fi or some sort of event uh, as part of your journey to financial independence, because you're going to get really great connections, valuable advice, and realize you're not alone on this journey here. There's a lot of other people who are pursuing it and many people who have arrived um, and love to connect. So without further ado, let's bring in Steven. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval, and terms of each credit card issuer apply. The easiest way to collect rent? Rent app. RentApp is a seamless, secure, free payment tool for small rental property owners like you and me. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit rent directly into your account. Landlords love RentApp for its unbeatable convenience. Isn't it time you made rent collection easier? RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. 
You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Today, we are talking with Stephen Boyer, who is the founder of Camp Fi. Camp Fi hosts a myriad of local events around the country to bring people together who are on their journey to financial independence, as well as people who have already reached their goal. Stephen, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Stephen, People know you from Camp Fi, but you actually also have a really super interesting money story. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with money? Yeah. So back in my early 20s, I would read all the, the Susie Orman books, the Rick Edelman, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, those types of books. And um, so I was always interested in personal finance, uh, actually following, uh, following through with the, uh, with the necessary actions, you know, is another story. But so I was always like intellectually, uh, like interested in the topic. Um, and then as years passed by, uh, you know, yeah, I did the typical thing where, you know, I got the, the bigger house and some credit card debt and, you know, dug myself into a little bit of a hole and, um, you know, got in my mid thirties and I wasn't like terrible shape, but I wasn't, it was to the point where I would look back and think, why am I not further along financially? And so, um, soon after that, for however, I don't even know how it came across my, my phone or my computer screen. I came across the early retirement extreme, you know, Jacob Lund Fister, Fisker, um, the Mr. Money Mustache blog and, and sort of kind of got sucked into that, uh, that rut, that, that rabbit hole, I guess, go down the rabbit hole. And, um, and then one thing after another. And so after a while, I got to where I was surrounding myself with just some really cool people. And then that really just is probably the single most thing that made me start following through and, and making good decisions or better decisions uh, and start making progress financially. So you said something very interesting. You said, I read all of this, but doing the work is a different story. And then you get down the road a little bit and you're like, well, why am I not further along financially? Because you didn't do the work. And I'm not like yelling at you. I know Stephen and I are friends outside of this show. So I know him and I'm not yet. He knows I'm not yelling at him. But like, that's why you weren't further along financially, because just because you know what you're supposed to be doing doesn't mean it's magically going to happen. You have to do the work. So, Stephen, when did you start doing the work? Well, I think probably in my early 30s, I remember making a comment to my my then wife. I was like, you know, why don't we, we're both accountants. We have accounting backgrounds. Like, why don't we, or why are we not uh, making like personal financial statements? Like we do bookkeeping for businesses. You know, we do the profit loss statement, the balance sheet and all that stuff, monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever, to prepare tax returns or things with. But we don't do that for our personal finances. So I remember making a comment then. I was like, you know, we really should be doing this. And that could even be a good service for other people, you know, down the line. 
it seems very useful, but I don't see anybody doing that unless, you know, like say we have a client that wants to get a loan from a bank and then they come in and say, let's prepare this balance sheet and, uh, you know, for, for loan purposes. Um, other than that, it's not just a regular sort of personal financial uh, maintenance task that's done. So even then, even, I mean, it's probably 10 years, seven, 10 years after that, that I actually started doing it. So, I mean, you, again, you know, you, things that you could be doing, but you don't. So, um, you know, it really was, and not to get like too personal or whatever, but, you know, I was going, I went through a divorce about 10 years ago. And at that point it was a very, um, I don't know, it was, it was a, obviously it's a turning point, like a pivotal point, you know, in life as it is with anybody going through something like that, but it made me reevaluate a lot of things. And so, um, instead of making decisions like on a compromise or, um, you know, I could finally just make decisions based solely on what I thought was best for me and my kids. And, um, so to me, that was really, really sort of it. Uh, I made good money. I was a project controller for a defense contractor here in Georgia. And, um, so I was, the income wasn't an issue, but as soon as I started reading those blogs and listening to podcasts, and I was also looking at that point in my life of how I can shape um, not just my finances, but just my, my, my life period. Uh, like what kind of house am I going to move into? What sort of things am I going to spend my money on from here on out? Am I going to start saving a higher percentage? Those types of things. So as soon as it became clear that whatever my life looked like in five years was all because it's going to be because oh, just me, it's not going to be because I have somebody to blame anything on or, or someone to pull me along forward, you know, with them, it's going to be all on my shoulders, as soon as I had that accountability and I, you know, I was just faced with that. It was an exciting moment. I mean, a scary moment. Um, sure, but exciting to know that whatever, again, whatever your life is going to look like five years, 10 years from now, it's all because of the decisions that I'm making now. Stephen, could you give us a uh, an overview of kind of the 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 key, key points along your financial journey following this divorce and and and, and um, what you've been able to achieve over the last 10 years. With some of the changes that I'd made, I was able to start accumulating um, a decent amount in retirement accounts. And I got to a point in mid-2016 where I decided I was going to take a break from full-time work. Um, so it was June 2016. I turned in my security badge at work and I was like, okay, well, I had this time freed up. Uh, my plan at the time was I had a friend who's a CPA um, who has a firm here, and I was just going to work tax season. And then if I need, didn't make enough to cover all my annual expenses during tax season, I would just dip into my savings. And then if, as long as I didn't go negative by the time my kids were 18, and I was happy. And if I was at zero by the time they were 18, I was just going to you know, call somebody up and say, can I sleep on your couch and go get a good job and save all the money up again? And I was really, that was, that was like my plan. I was good with that. Uh, but I didn't know things like, uh, like Camp Fire were going to come along and like passion projects were going to turn into income, uh, you know, producing endeavors. So it, I have not been working down to zero, thankfully. I'm still able to spend as much time with my kids as they'll let me. And I, uh, you know, I've been able to save, save more into my retirement over the last, you know, six or seven years. So, so it's nice. Awesome. 
let's talk about your, your, this awesome role that you've kind of carved out for yourself and built over time in the, the Phi community. You know, you, you've, can you tell us about what you do? Um, one of your, your passion projects here, what it is, how you started it and how you can get involved. I am the founder of Camp Phi and we've been doing that since 2017. And so basically, uh, that's a weekend long personal finance retreat for people on their financial, financial independence journey. Um, just to kind of hang out. It's a community builder primarily. And every now and then we learn something new about money. We might talk about money a little bit. And uh, it's just a good time. It's a good community builder. And the reason that I did that is because I experienced uh, a similar event called Camp Mustache. It was in 2016 in Seattle, Washington. And to me, um, at that place in my life, and just tapping into this community, which I felt like I was all alone until I went to one of these things. And I was like, oh, there's other people who have similar values and think similarly. And this is great. Um, and it just put a lot of wind in my cells and made me feel super optimistic about all the things that I ever wanted to do. Like, you know, I'm a, I think I'm a dreamer. And so I, I, and there's a lot of, a lot of dreams that kind of get put on the back burner. And uh, for whatever reason, just that weekend was magical to me and it just felt like it opened up the world. So it's like, I really think that this experience should be available for other people. I spoke with the three original organizers of uh, the Camp Mustache up there, asked them, can I bring a Camp Mustache down to the Southeast? I'm from Georgia. And uh, like selfishly, I was like, maybe I can find other people around me in the Southeast that are like-minded and I could connect with them in real life. And uh, they were absolutely supportive of it. We did it. It was a hit. And then I wanted to, I was like, you know, we have a Kent mustache up in the Northwest. We have one in the Southeast. Why don't we just start putting Kent mustaches everywhere? And so Emma, who was one of the original organizers, she went back to the other two and they discussed it. And uh, understandably, they, they just didn't want to take that on. And so I changed the name to Camp Phi and just sort of ran with it. And so we've opened up camps over the, all over the country. Yeah. Could you, could you describe one of these kind of early camps and the, the, what, what, what it was like, how many people showed up, you know, where it was speakers, all that kind of stuff to get a feel for, you know, cause these, these were awesome events. I remember I've, I've been to a couple of them, like you said. Yeah. So the, I will just talk about the first one. It was a, at that time it was called Camp Mustache Southeast and it was just outside of Gainesville, Florida, where we still have the camp fives down there now. So the first half of the day we have speakers is sort of semi-formal. And then the second half of the day, it's super laid back, chill. We do recreational things this particular one we did, uh, I think we had canoes, kayaks, archery, some team building uh, courses in the woods. And so really how that shaped up was I wasn't, you know, like I said earlier, I have an accountant uh, by background. I, I'm not an event planner. Uh, I sort of created uh, the event that I would want to attend. I didn't know how it was going to go, if it was going to be my first day, my last event ever. It was just like different topics. Uh, we had J.D. Roth come down. Uh, Pete, Mr. Money Mustache, came down. Uh, there's a few other speakers came down and, uh, it was just a really cool thing. We had 38 people show up at that one and, um, yeah, it, it was good. I was so nervous the whole time. I was like, I don't know if people are enjoying themselves. I don't know at all. And then like Saturday I walked by 
the open door of the cafeteria and I just heard like everybody talking, like it's like a rumble of everybody talking and and I was like and then I just let like this deep, deep sigh of relief. I was like, okay, this is gonna be an okay weekend. Again, no experience. It just kinda I was just kinda going by my gut and it and it worked out. Okay. Steven, I love you, but this is the worst advertisement for Camp Fi ever. It is not is it- just an okay weekend. Uh, Camp Fi is like my most favorite event, and I would go to every single one all year long if I didn't have this job. Um, so <laughs> it is so much fun. You say it's a weekend, and that sounds like it's two days. It is Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, breakfast on Monday. And by when Monday comes around, you're like, oh, I really don't want to leave. First of all, the food is great and all these people are great. And there's so many people that you're connecting with from all around the country or like kind of all around wherever you are. I fly to Florida to do it and I live in Colorado. I also go to the one in Colorado. I have so much fun at these events because I meet so many people from all walks of life who have questions, who have something to teach me, who have an interesting story. I love talking. So it's fun for me just to talk all the time. And I have such a great time when I'm there watching people. I especially love, like, I love catching up with people that I've seen before, but I love new attendees because they come and they're a little nervous. They're like, oh, what's this going to be about? And then they start talking. They're like, there are other people just like me. And that's like, like there comes a point just like your Saturday when you walk past the the cafeteria and you're like, oh, it's going to be an okay weekend. It's not an okay weekend. It's an awesome weekend. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost. So combined finances become a breeze. Customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. Pretty good episode, right? While you were listening, you could have been getting paid rent with RentApp. Landlords love RentApp because it makes rent collection a breeze. RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. Setup is straightforward for renters. Landlords don't need to download anything. Both have peace of mind with a digital transaction history. Isn't it time you made landlording a little easier? RentApp, the best way to pay or collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. 
It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A. Biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, let's ask a couple... Let's let's get some establishing basics here, Stephen. Who can attend Camp Fire? Is this only for, you know, financial podcasters or people who are already financially independent? Anybody who's interested in financial independence, whether you are um, new to it, you're in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, or if you're already financially independent and you're just looking for some people to hang out with and share your knowledge, like anybody on the uh, financial independence uh, journey, no matter where you are, is, is welcome. Awesome. And that's what I really enjoyed about some of these is meeting folks that were just getting started and meeting, you know, few folks with millions of dollars in net worth who were doctors going through the very real pain of like, well, I struggled to become financially independent. Now do I actually like give up my identity as a doctor? Those are really cool, real problems that people have um, across that entire spectrum that is really fun there. Um, where are they located? Well, we have them located all over the country. Uh, we have... I, I named the campfires after regions. So we have campfire Southeast is in Florida. We do two of those a year. We have campfire mid Atlantic, which is in Virginia. We have campfire Rocky mountain, which is in Colorado Springs. We do two of those every year in the summer. Uh, we have campfire Midwest, which is in Minnesota. We have campfire Texas, which is in Texas. And uh, we have campfire Southwest, which is in Julian, California, which is kind of in the mountains about an hour northeast of San Diego. So we have six locations and uh, a total of eight camps throughout the year. What is the price point to attend one of these camps? Uh, as low as I can possibly make it. Um, I do uh, I do want to keep it as affordable um, as possible so that people who can get the most value out of it can still afford it. Um, most of the tickets are between four and five hundred dollars, and that includes lodging for the whole weekend. Includes all the meals you can put your wallet up for the whole weekend. Um, you know everything else: the talks, the recreational uh, activities. All those, everything comes with your your one ticket. And what should campers expect? I think campers can expect to be pleasantly surprised at the the. Uh, the sincerity and the authenticity of the people they meet there. Uh, to me, that was my biggest thing the first time I experienced something like this. And that's what I continuously, uh, I hear, I'm sorry. And that is what I consistently hear over and over again is just how nice everyone is and how generous they are with their, their knowledge. Um, and so you can expect to come away hopefully with two or three at least two or three really good friends and people that you can call on um, and maybe even accountability partners on your financial journey. Well, Stephen, speaking of journeys, you mentioned that you aren't FI yet, but you're well on your way. How has 
creating Camp Fi and bringing people together helped you on your personal journey? I think it gives me a purpose. Um, so, so my personal journey, uh, you know, I, I feel it's very fulfilling. I feel like I have a, I have a purpose that's meaningful. That's like part of my identity. And I think that I'm improving the world in some kind of way. As far as my financial, um, journey, you know, it's like I said earlier, I'm able to, uh, still invest towards retirement. Uh, all the, the lifestyle choices that I made post divorce decreased my cost of living to the point where I don't really have to make a lot of money to pay my bills, which is great. So I don't have a pressure to just maximize profits at every, at every term. Um, so I can, you know, doing this and some other passion projects, it, it, uh, it provides enough income to pay my bills, save a little bit. I'm not on a super speedy track to accumulate millions and, you know, two years or anything like that. So I'm not in a hurry to get uh, to financial independence or to reach my FI number. Uh, but but I'm on my way. I mean, there's progress every year. And um, and that's not really my priority anyway at the time. Like I said earlier, my, my priority is to maximize time with the kids, be able to maintain like a peaceful household, keep myself in a in a mindset where I can be the best dad and, and calm as I can possibly be. Uh, and so as long as I'm doing those things and I'm not going backwards financially, I'm good. But thankfully, I've been able to go forwards uh, a little bit financially. Awesome. So, you know, from a financial standpoint, you know, I, I look, the, the, the goal of maximizing time with your children is abundantly clear um, from that but what um, what is the why to continue accumulating wealth? Like, what is the end goal um, for the time that you do devote to building your financial position? Well, my end goal is I don't know what I want to do whenever my kids are grown. So, am I going to want to keep working? I currently work as independent contractor as an accountant at a CPA firm here in town. Um, am I going to want to keep doing that once ever once my kids are grown and maybe they're off to college uh, or doing whatever they're doing? Who knows what they're going to do? Uh, I might not have roots here in Georgia anymore or in this particular area, I might want to do some travel. I might want to pursue other things. And to me, the reason why I continue to save towards retirement uh, is to have that flexibility of hopefully uh, I could be close to financial independence or I have enough built up to where uh, I won't be limited to doing some of those things that I want to do whenever being a full-time dad is really no longer the thing that I'm doing. So I'm three years out from that. Uh, my, my son is a senior, so we're doing the whole college application thing now, which is fun times. Uh, and my daughter's a freshman, so we have three and a half more years or so until she's off to college. So to me, that's what I'm looking at. It's, you know, hopefully I'll get to a certain point, maybe not completely financially independent, but pretty close uh, after she graduates. And then we'll see. It's just really to give me options. I don't know specifically what those will be or what I will choose, but I just want to have the option. You've heard a lot of money stories. You've heard a lot of presentations from everything that you've heard, from everything that you've learned, from your own personal experience. How aggressive do you recommend a person get to FI after finding or 
uh, figuring out what their living expenses are and determining their fine number. Um, whatever's comfortable for them. And I know that's kind of like a cop-out answer. Um, <laughs> it is. But, you know, there are things more important than money, right? We all can agree there are things more important than money. So as long as you know what your values are, what your priorities are, if you're meeting those, then then save everything else. Uh, you know, that's that's probably what I would say is like as long as you're you're living consistent with your values, uh, then then just save everything else, and whenever you get there, you get there. What what are, how about this? What are some consistent themes? That you see, like values that seem to be shared among the people who attend the, the, these camps, um, that that you think are uh, consistent, probably by and large, among people who actually achieve financial independence. I think the the main quality I see most consistently is just intentionality. Uh, you know, it's they want to be efficient with the decisions they're making. With you know, they the people put a lot of work into making money. You know, they value their own time. They don't want to put all the work into making money just to waste it on things they don't care about. So they're very intentional. So to me, that's that's the one thing. And that goes back to what I was just saying earlier. It's like, as long as your values uh, are being reflected in the life that you're living and you're able to live consistently with that, then, uh, then you could just save the rest. But really, it's just intentional. Uh, people being intentional with with almost all, like, all their decisions, you know, whether it's money, whether it's how they spend their time, whether it's hobbies. I mean, it's probably to limit regrets later too. You know, like they just want to know that whenever their time comes, whenever their ticket's punched, that they lived a good life, that they're they're proud to have lived. I think that's really important. So I see people uh, who shall remain nameless, who kind of just let life drag them by. Oh, I guess I'll do this. I guess I'll do that. They don't have any thought behind it. They are not doing anything because they want to, they're doing it because everybody else is doing it or they're doing it because, you know, it was there. And having the intentionality, I am going to do this. I am going to make this decision, hopefully with some thought behind it and see what happens. Or I am going to, you know, I could have spent every dime that I ever made, but instead I decided to put some of it into the stock market. And look, it grew. Oh, I want to do that again. So I'm going to now, now that I've seen the success, I'm going to do it again. I've made this intentional decision to continue saving towards my future. And now, you know, I am struck with a different problem of I have to make intentional decisions to not be so tight-fisted. Um, maybe you heard. And that's something that I'm working on right now too. But doing something on purpose is is a calm approach to life as opposed to like frantically trying to keep up or frantically trying to figure out what it is you're doing. So I love that idea of just being intentional about what you're doing. Try it. Just because you're intentional about going down this path doesn't mean that you have to continue going down that path forever. You try it because you've done some research, you've done some thought, you've, you've given it some thought and you're trying something out. And then if it doesn't work, then you pivot and you do something else. Steven, do you have any other tips to make the FI journey more successful and enjoyable? I think one of the one of the things that um, I found to be much more um, enjoyable and probably has contributed to, to me continuing to make progress is 
just being connected with people who sort of know what I'm know about the fi journey, know about the end goal financial wise, whether it's you know forums on blogs or if you're you know going to the bigger pockets forums or comments in the YouTube section or whatever, uh, work on sur- surrounding yourself um, with like-minded people and with people who know more than you, like who are smarter than you. There's a reason I haven't spoken at any of my camps. So of 42 that I've done, Scott and Mindy have spoken at more camps than I have. I've never been a speaker at a camp because I like hearing from all the people that are way smarter than me. And I don't want to waste people's time. But um, it's really cool, like selfishly just being surrounded by people who know so much about, about so much. Steve, um, I, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up here, but I'd love to, to ask you as a final question, where can people find out more about you and where, where can people find CampFi? Yeah, you can just go to the CampFi website. You can see the, I try to keep the schedule as updated as possible. Right now we have all of next year's events at the website, it's campfi.org, C-A-M-P-F-I for financial independence, .org, O-R-G. And uh, I mean, if you want to email me, you can email me at campfi.org at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for for coming on. Thanks for putting together such a great program. I know it's, it's a, I haven't been in a couple of years, but it's had a big impact on my life. Met a lot of friends, um, met a lot of folks that I, I had only ever connected with digitally before. Thank you, Stephen. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate all that you've done for the community, the financial independence community, because your camp fives are changing lives. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you all for having me. Had a great time. All right, Scott, that was Stephen. That was so much fun. I love talking to Stephen. I love camp. I don't know if you could tell Scott, but I really like camp five. I love connecting with other people on their journey to financial independence. I love talking to them about where they're at, what hurdles they're facing. I just, I really love this stuff. Yeah, me me too. Um, Mindy, let's let's do a quick, you know, favorite memory from a Camp Fi. Ooh, okay. My favorite memory was a couple of years ago, Dan Sheeks was giving his presentation that we actually turned into a podcast episode for this show. He was talking about how you teach your children about money, your older teens about money before they go away to college by actually giving them all the money that they're going to need for their life and forcing them to figure out how to budget. So if they're going to spend you know, $700 in a month, you give them $700 at the beginning of the month. And then they're responsible for clothes and shoes and their phone bill and perhaps paying you rent and they buy their own shampoo and they buy all of these things. And if you're going on a vacation, they have to budget that into, you know, use that, that money that they've got to help budget for the vacation going forward. And it's a really great way to, Teach them how to walk a tightrope with a safety net underneath. That was my absolute favorite moment at Camp Fi. How about you? Let's see. My my favorite moment. Um, I would say like I, I, besides the, the million conversations, one that just sticks out to me is uh, I had a conversation probably like from twelve a.m. to two a.m. with Doug Nordman. 
Um, Doug Nordman is is a uh, uh, military author of the Military Guide to Financial Independence and Retirement. He's been on the podcast and and in previous shows. Um, but I am a big sucker for all things naval, and you know, I we just basically talked about. Admiral Rickover and the submarine nuclear Navy <laughs> for two hours. And I just had a great time doing that. It's just those kinds of connections in addition to the, the great discussions about, you know, finance, of course, that are always happening. So Scott, what is the best advice that you have heard at Camp Fi? Uh, best advice. Um, well, I, I think that the bet, the thing that I picked up is uh, that was really important that sticks with me is a lot of conversations or a good chunk of them had to do with folks that were already FI, but couldn't quit their jobs. And for whatever reason, like couldn't, there's, there, it wasn't, it, there was a financial component to it. There's an identity component to it. There's a, what am I going to do component to it? And I think that um, the, the actual transition from having hit your number to then actually becoming FI is really a challenge that we haven't we've we've explored a little bit on B- bigger pockets money but it's a real step in the journey that I think that that has always stuck with me out of out of numerous conversations for various reasons folks really struggle with that and that's a uh, opportunity to really to really help folks and these types of events can be powerful motivators or ways to kind of get through that uh, on that same vein Scott Joel from FI180 said What's the worst that could happen if I quit my job? I'll just go back and get another job. So my worst case scenario is everybody else's everyday life. That's not a bad way to frame quitting your job and and early retirement. Mm -hmm. All right, Scott, should we get out of here? Let's do it. That wraps up this episode of the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. He is Scott Trench, and I am Mindy Jensen saying adios, little ghost. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're looking for even more money content, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash biggerpocketsmoney. Bigger Pockets Money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the Bigger Pockets team for making this show possible. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping to pay down your mortgage each month, four kitchens and bathrooms you can renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can afford? Which market and which deal is best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down by four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? These are all great questions, all to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devtha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four today and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. That's biggerpockets.com slash F-O-U-R. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. 
Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.